Our first story today comes from NBC News. Kenosha braces for possible unrest after Rittenhouse verdict. Downtown business owners said they were ready to board up their stores and offices should protests turn into looting and violence. Which, folks, I should not have to tell you this, is the most likely possible outcome. And as we go on through the articles I have laid out today, you'll see what I mean. This article is by Dion J. Hampton. Kenosha, Wisconsin. In the heart of downtown, small business owners were prepared for the worst, fearing protesters, crime, and vandalism may return regardless of the outcome in Kyle Rittenhouse's trial. As closing arguments got underway Monday, Residents and business owners braced for a possible repeat of the August 2020 riots. When demonstrators took to the streets after a white police officer shot Jacob Blake and a black resident, leaving him partially paralyzed, quote, no matter which way the verdict goes, somebody is going to be upset, end quote, said Linda Postchow. Uh, apologies if I did not get your name right. Owner of a Summer's Garden. A floral shop. Quote, You always have to be ready because you don't know what's going to happen. But we hope cooler minds will prevail. End quote. She was home last summer watching live surveillance videos as a protester broke her store windows and damaged the front door. The shop sustained more than 10 grand in damage, which was covered by the insurance. Quote, Nobody wants a repeat of last summer. Those were not Kenosha people. That's not who caused us damage, Post Chow said. Several businesses on the 6th Avenue between 56th and 57th Streets that were targeted by demonstrators were either closed or unoccupied Monday. Owners of open establishments said they were waiting to see what comes next. Bravery and stupidity tend to look a lot alike. For the same reasons, Gus Harris, owner of Flex and Burn Fitness Center, (laughs) well, it's ironic that Burn is in the name of the business, said he plans to board up his gym like he did last summer of 2020. Quote, obviously we're concerned, definitely, he said. My, we have a second amendment in this country. I said when we were talking about the very beginning of this trial, I don't know what could happen, and I worry that something about this outcome could be what kicks off very hot conflict in the streets of this country. For a few days there, it looked like it might not. For just a few short days there, it looked like, okay, maybe this won't go horribly. Maybe maybe we will get out of this with a fair jury, a fair verdict, and no rioting. Well, that's likely not how it's going to go down. We already have people fighting in the streets right now. So far, so far, it's been minor things. Pushing, shoving, 
uh, yelling, screaming, a couple things being thrown, manageable chaos. I just worry with I worst case outcome, right? They come back, they say guilty on all charges. There's still a good chance people are gonna riot, and and that's the worst possible outcome. It's a horrible miscarriage of justice. And if that verdict came back, it would only be to try and prevent any sort of mob of violence. Best case scenario, right? Best case scenario, at least for Kyle, is it comes back completely innocent on all charges. That city will go up in flames. They, they should have sequestered the jury. I, I wonder how many of these people in the jury went out that night, or, well, tonight, went out and got confronted or harassed or anything, right? They should have been sequestered, but the judge let them go. That horrifies me. I'm very worried that what, what you're going to see is you're going to see owners who saw what happened last summer. You might get a couple that decide they're going to stay put. And when riding breaks out and more people either get killed or injured, it, it, it could get really bad. I, I, I worry that that violence will spill over to other, other parts of this country. <laughs> it would be kind of funny. This is a macabre joke, but just humor me. Imagine if riding got so bad that the, the court... Ask Kyle Rittenhouse to go out there and handle the situation real quick for him. Let's get back to this article. A jury verdict in the Rittenhouse case could come later this week. It should be hit in by tomorrow. As, uh, as it looks. Rittenhouse, 18, is charged with intentional homicide and reckless homicide after shooting three men, killing two on August 25th, 2020. The victims and Rittenhouse were in the streets of Kenosha as social justice demonstrations erupted. Riots erupted. Riots erupted. Not protests, not demonstrations. They were riots. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in damage. Multiple people killed. Riots. Mike Lampos, owner of the downtown bar Fex Place, was watching the Rittenhouse trial Monday, as he does every day. Last summer, he watched from inside the bar as protesters damaged nearby stores. Quote, Our city is on the line either way. You're going to have people who are unhappy. Only half will be happy about the outcome. The other half are the people who are coming. End quote. Possibly... To possibly damage businesses, he said. There is also the chance that the jury could come back with a verdict guilty and the judge decides to rule against it and give him an innocent verdict. Oh my god, I cannot imagine what the outcome of that would be. I There's a lot of conspiracy theories being thrown around about who uh, about the prosecution. And, and I don't think the prosecution is purposely bombing. Not at all. What I think happened, if you saw what happened in, in the Chauvin case, and thought to himself, I have the entire, entire arm of the mainstream media on my back. They're on my side. 
This is an open and shut case. I got this. It'll be an easy bracket point. This will be an easy historical landmark case. I can put on all my resumes. This is an easy ace in the hole. And then he signs up, gets involved, and realizes, oh no. This is not an open and shut easy case. But now he's locked in. He's already been publicly associated with this. So now he's just desperately winging it. I bet he's going to have a hard downward spiral when this is all said and done, regardless of of which way the verdict goes. I'm not boarding up, quote, he continued. Sorry, I'm not boarding up, he continued, quote, Well, if this were to turn into something we like what we had last year and buildings are burning, I've got my boards ready. I could board up in an hour. Boarding up right when riots are kicking off? Good fucking luck. And, and this article calls these people pro has used the term protest and demonstrations, but not the word riot, while this bar owner said, yeah, bu- multiple people who have been interviewed said, yeah, buildings were on fire, but they're still using terms like demonstration and protest in this article because they don't want to say rioters or rioting. Interesting. Others around town, such as Oliver's bakery owner, Ann Benson, were also preparing for possible protesters. They are rioters. I'm going to quit saying protesters and say rioters from here on out. Quote, Do I have my boards? Yes, I do. Do I want to put them up? No, I don't. I'm not sure what's going to happen. All I'm going to do is stay positive. She told NBC affiliate TJM4 in Milwaukee. Scott Carpenter, owner of BNL Office Furniture, said rioting is pointless. Quote, protesting is okay, but rioting and creating mass destruction to your town or an outsider coming into your town, it does not prove a single thing. It doesn't help, he told the station. Again, I, I, I find the cognitive dissonance... In, in this article, rather, uh, rather alarming. Because they, they, they say protesters, protesting demonstrations, yet every interview with a person in Kenosha right now, they have said, yeah, cities burning, people being shot, riots in the street. The people of the city refer to these people as rioters and talk about how they came from outside the city, yet you want to keep defending them, NBC. You want to run cover for these violent, vicious mobs of human wastes that travel from city to city on George Soros's dollar to burn mom and pop downs. George Soros's big brothers, his, his, his big Wall Street hedge fund friends and family who have money, things like Walmart and Starbucks. Can, can just move on in while mom and chop mom and pop are burned down by your uh, mob to hire disgusting but either way that brings us to the end of the first article for today's episode and that again is by Dion J. Hampton NBC News Kenosha braces for possible unrest after Rittenhouse and that is the headline for that article and we move on now to the next one
now move on to the next article from KXNet. It's a CBS news affiliate station in Wisconsin for the local Kenosha area. Article begins, Wisconsin governor urges peace regardless of Rittenhouse outcome as demonstrators gather at courthouse. Article by Michael Bertimo. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Posted November 16th, 2021. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers urged, quote, peace in Kenosha and across our state, ahead of verdict in the, in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Kenoshians are strong, resilient, and have worked hard to heal and rebuild together over the past year, wrote Evers on Facebook and Twitter. Any efforts to sow division and hinder that healing are unwelcomed in Kenosha and Wisconsin, regardless of outcome in this case. I urge, I urge peace in Kenosha and across our state. You're going to hear that one more time, by the way. Evers went on to request that demonstrators do so, quote, safely and peacefully. Kenoshians are strong and resilient and have worked hard to rebuild and heal together. Over the past year, any efforts to sow division and hinder that healing are unwelcomed in Kenosha and Wisconsin, regardless of the outcome in this case. I urge peace in Kenosha and across our state. Governor Tony Evers at Gov Evers on Twitter, November 16, 2021. The governor's remarks shared just before noon on Tuesday came shortly after the jury began deliberations in the Rittenhouse case. Evers had earlier authorized the deployment of approximately 500 National Guard troops to Kenosha ahead of a verdict where they would remain on standby until requested by local law enforcement agencies. If needed, the National Guard will be available to provide support to both law enforcement and first responders and, quote, protect critical infrastructure and cultural institutions necessary for the well-being of the community according to a November 12th press release from the governor's office. Kenosha's police and sheriff's departments, too, said on Tuesday they were preparing to, quote, ensure the safety of the community, and quote, quote, the Kenosha Police Department and the Kenosha County Sheriff's Department have been and will continue to monitor the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, raised the statement, which was shared to Kenosha City's website on Tuesday morning. Quote, we recognize that there are varying opinions and feelings that revolve around the trial that may cause concerns both <clears throat> both of our departments have dedicated staff working in conjunction with local state and federal law enforcement partners to ensure the safety of our communities end quote in an update posted to facebook on tuesday afternoon Police said, quote, under, sorry, police said they, quote, understand and recognize the anxiety generated by the trial, but did not feel it was necessary to ensure, to issue any further guidance for residents. Quote, to date, we have no reason to to facilitate road closures, enact curfews, or ask communities to modify their daily routines, police said. Pardon me, I have a dry throat right now. <coughs> I have, uh... 
we have a very old uh the the, the structure we're in it's, it's a kind of an old old place it's uh doesn't have a uh a humidifier so when you have the heat cranked it just dries everything out <sighs> sorry about that folks i appreciate your patience back to the article a representative for the city further told next star there were no plans to close offices or shorten working hours for government employees as of 1 p.m on tuesday the city's police, together with the Kenosha County Sheriff's Department, had said on Facebook that their departments have worked to, quote, improve response capabilities over the last year, end quote. And since the unrest in Kenosha following the shooting of Jacob Blake, a black man by a white police officer on August 23, 2020. Two things. One, why do we have another race? Isn't it enough that a person was shot? You could easily have said, Jacob Blake, a man who was shot by a police officer on August 23rd, 2020. And it, it still would leave out all all the context that led up to that. Like, Jacob Blake violating a restraining order and a woman who had the restraining order against him calling the cops. And the cops responding to the 911 call. And him pulling a knife from his car, running at the cops and getting shot. And then he got paralyzed it went to court and he admitted to having a knife and said he was probably gonna fight the fucking cops but yeah i i just i feel like you could have just said jacob blake a man who was shot by a police officer on august 23rd 2020 and it would be just as effective without all the connotations and possible uh provoking I don't know. I, I'm getting annoyed with how many articles feel, how many news stories, and, and, and just how much coverage has to include a race of some kind. Just to, to make sure you know that there is that level of, of oh, 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 society's racist. Oh, no, that's an extra thing we need to fucking deal with and worry about because we're the mainstream media. We gotta make a boogeyman. But moving on. During one of the police brutality demonstrations in Kenosha days later, Kyle Rittenhouse, then 17, killed two people and wounded another with an AR-style semi-assault rifle. That's actually the one of the main reasons I chose to go with this article. It's a lot of other news outlets are, are, are calling it an assault rifle. An AR assault rifle. NPR has uh, an article where they're talking about, about it. and they, they explain that AR stands for... Assault rifle. No, it stands for armorite. That's what AR stands for. It stands for armorite. I only know that because I, I looked it up myself because I was like, that's not right. Is it? I don't I don't know much about ARs. That's uh I I uh I, I don't know much about AR, so I was like, that can't be right. Because I, I, assault rifles never been cleanly defined, so I was I was like bullshit. What? But what does it actually stand for? It stands for armory type metal. Moving on. He has since claimed self-defense. Rittenhouse, now 18, is facing multiple charges, including first-degree intentional homicide and first-degree reckless homicide, and first-degree attempted intentional homicide. So that's a lot of words for attempted murder. 
Moving on. Among others, the charge of first-degree intentional homicide carries a mandatory life sentence. The judge dismissed one charge, a count of possession of a dangerous, dangerous weapon by a person younger than 18 on Monday. Which was a huge win in this case, by the way. But that brings us to the end of this article. Again, this article, titled, Wisconsin Governor Urges Peace Regardless of Rittenhouse Outcome as Demonstrators Gather at Courthouse. Written by Michael... Bart Remio? Anyway. That's the end of that article. This article we go to now is from KenoshaNews.com. Rittenhouse jury breaks for the night to reconvene at 9 a.m. Wednesday. Article by Deneen Smith. Let me just blow this up a little bit so it's easier for my dilapidated eyes. Moving on. Jury deliberations are heading into a second day in the trial of in the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. And jurors are expected to return to the Kenosha County Courthouse Wednesday morning. They should have been sequestered. I cannot say this enough. I am absolutely floored that they were not sequestered. They should not have been allowed to leave. How many of these people think are going to be threatened tonight? What do you think is good? There is, I guarantee you, at least one of them right now, as of the time of this recording, is being threatened, hound, or harassed, if not all of them. But let's get through this article. Just after 9 a.m. Tuesday, a metal tumbler that is or- that is original to the 1920s era courtroom was placed on the defense table. It contained a small piece of paper with the numbers of each of the 18 jurors who have listened to the evidence throughout the trial that began November 1st. Quote, All of the jurors' numbers have been exhibited to the defendant, and he has put them in the tumbler. The Kenosha County Circuit Court Judge Bruce Schroeder said. So they he he raffled he raffled for his uh, the people who would be voting for his life. That's so that's uh that's a horrifying Oh man. That's such a horrifying proposition, ain't it? Little tumbler there, right? You spin the wheel like your fucking nan at a bingo tournament. You just spin the fucking wheel. You go in. 22. 24. But instead of calling out numbers on a bingo sheet. You're calling out your fucking jury and executioner potentially. Holy shit. 18 years old. Choosing the people that might fuck them. After the tumbler was turned, Rittenhouse pulled six of the papers from the inside. The jurors corresponding to those numbers 
were read and then dismissed from the jury as alternatives or as alternate alternates my apologies the six including three men and three women oh well you know it's pretty diverse equal opportunity while in most courtrooms in Kenosha the court's clerk pulls the numbers from the tumbler to choose the alternates it is Schroeder's habit to have the defendants draw the numbers at about 9.15 a.m. Tuesday, the remaining 12 jurors were sent out to deliberate. The jury returned to the courtroom at about 5.45 p.m. Tuesday, along with Rittenhouse, his defense attorneys, and prosecutor Schroeder told the jurors he understood they wanted to retire for the evening. He asked for them to decide what time they would like to return. I don't like that. Wednesday. And it appeared all raised their hands when he asked if they would like to return at 9 a.m. I don't like that. It makes this uncomfortable heat run up my spine when I read that. I don't like that they were just allowed to leave that night. I really, really don't. They're, they're, that, that scares me. That, that makes me very uncomfortable. It's a weird gut feeling. I don't I don't want that to be one of my fuck you I was rights. Ugh. By the way, this is news to me. And I'll get I'll get around to why this whole article right here is news to me. The jury that will decide the case is made up of seven women and five men. One man who appears to be a person of color. Why do like why do we know this? Why do we need to know this? I we shouldn't even know that about any we shouldn't know anything at all about any of the jury period. Bottom line, no if ands or buts. We just shouldn't know about it. Let alone what fucking skin tone one of them might be. The only person of color among 18 jurors in the trial before six were dismissed as alternates is among the 12 left deliberating. I don't think that we even know that much. While alternate jurors are typically sent home once they are dismissed from the case. For Rittenhouse, for the Rittenhouse trial, Schroeder is keeping them in the courthouse during deliberations. All oh, okay. Whew. Okay, so he is so so they are being sequestered. I was told they weren't being sequestered. I'll explain why. I'm personally letting my ignorance show here on, on how things went today. For the I'm saving it for the last article. The Rittenhouse trial, Schroeder Schroeder is keeping them in the courthouse during deliberations. Although rare, it is possible that one of the alternates would have to rejoin the jury if one is deliberating jurors must be dismissed in an emergency. Materials requested is the next part of this. This is a nice size article. Materials requested. In the morning after they began deliberating, the jury asked to be provided with 11 copies of the first six pages of the 36-page jury instructions so each juror could have their own set. 
Those first six pages included instructions explaining the legal standard for self-defense after 3 p.m. The jurors, the jury, asked for 11 copies of pages 7 through 36. Pages 7 through 36. The complex case will require jurors to come to a unanimous decision on the five charges. Many with lesser with lesser included charges and each with a component that requires them to consider whether Rittenhouse was acting in self-defense. Rittenhouse, 18 years old, is charged with first-degree reckless homicide for the shooting death of Joseph Rosenbaum, a bald ginger pedophile who yelled, Gee. What did he yell? Let me just... One second here. I want to make sure I find... Find the right clip. Do, 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 do. Oh, I found it. Rosenbaum, folks. <laughs> That is a little ginger bald pedophile yelling, shoot me, nigga. And that is not me saying, that's me quoting him. That's Rosenbaum. Just, just repeatedly yelling that over and over and over. Let's see, is this a better video? pedophile who got vibe checked by Kyle Rittenhouse, aka the Kenosha Kid. Back to the article. For the reckless homicide for the shooting death of Joseph Shoot Me Nigga Rosenbaum of Kenosha, first degree intentional homicide for the shooting death of Anthony Huber, a- another child predator, 
All three of these men were violent criminals. Jesus. Anyway, the death of Anthony Huber of Silver Lake and attempted first degree intentional homicide for the shooting death of Gage Crosswoods. The guy who on trial said, yeah, I, uh, I was chasing Kyle Rittenhouse with my skateboard and I got shot when I attacked him. Let me see if I can pull that up right here. Gage Grosswitz. Can I find anything that's just Ah, well, this should work. I was never trying to kill the defendant. It was never, never something that I was trying to do. A key witness takes the stand in Kenosha as the murder trial of Kyle Rittenhouse enters its second week. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm Natalie Shepard. I'm Jessa Breisbeck. Gage Grosskreutz was shot during a Jacob Blake protest in Kenosha. He survived, but two other he protesters survived. didn't. Today, Grosskreutz was the prosecution's key witness. CBS 58's Adam Reif is live outside the Kenosha County Courthouse with more from his testimony. Adam. Natalie Jessup, good evening. Gage Grosskreutz was the most anticipated witness of the trial so far. He's the man who confronted Kyle Rittenhouse after the first shooting, was shot in the arm, and survived. Now, the state claimed that Grosskreutz did not pose a threat to Rittenhouse when he confronted him in the street, that he even had his hands up at one point, but he did have a pistol in one of those hands. And the state, the defense rather, proved that got Grosskreutz to admit that Rittenhouse did not fire at him until he lowered his hands and pointed the gun. Sounded like gunshots. Gage Grosskreutz heard the first shooting. Sounds like multiple gunshots. And shortly after, he became a part of the second shooting scene. You shot somebody? Who shot? Who shot? Eyewitness video from the scene shows as more people approach Kyle Rittenhouse, he was knocked to the ground. Grosskreutz was roughly five feet away with his Glock pistol in his right hand and his cell phone in his left. At first, his hands were raised. What was going through your mind? at this particular moment. That I was gonna die. But on cross-examination, the defense went through the video again, at times, second by second. When you were standing three to five feet from him with your arms up in the air, he never fired, right? Correct. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him, your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired, right? Correct. Last month, Grosskreutz filed a $10 million lawsuit for damage he suffered in the shooting. What kind of damage did that do? Um, I effectively lost uh, a, a large majority of my right bicep. But the defense asked if it could impact his testimony. So if he's convicted, if Mr. Rittenhouse is convicted, your chance of getting 10 million bucks is better, right? I'm not entirely sure how that plays out. The state's last witness of the day was the lead detective in the case. And again, the defense honed in on Rittenhouse's state of mind. 
the only people that he fired at were people that had either kicked him, uh, hit him with something, or pulled a gun on him when he's running down Sheridan Road. I would agree with that statement. Now, Dave, <laughs> this footage is coming from CBS 58. Uh, Rittenhouse trial. Key witness admits he pointed a gun at Rittenhouse before he was shot. His reaction to that footage you just heard plays, he's like, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> oh, boys, I think I, I found the, uh, yeah, I definitely found the thumbnail for today's episode. Now, Gage Grosskreutz's former roommate, Joshua Marshall, was in the courtroom today during the first part of the day. But when he was subpoenaed to testify about what they may have talked about in the hospital after Grosskreutz was shot, he disappeared and was not seen again. The state is expected to rest its case sometime tomorrow, and Kyle Rittenhouse could testify for the defense as early as Wednesday. Live outside the Kenosha County Courthouse, Adam Rife, CBS 58 News. Was never paused that. All right. So that's uh, that's uh, that's uh, Gage uh, Groschwitz of Milwaukee. I want to give some context and background to to who some of these people are, and you know, this is a story with a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts, a lot of interesting characters. By the way, on this podcast, I made a joke about the prosecutor looking like Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. And then, like, three days later, I saw that meme everywhere. And not to my own horn or anything, but uh, I want some credit. Back into the article. The shootings took place on August 25th of 2020. During the unrest that broke out in Kenosha following the police shooting of Jacob Blake on August 23rd, 2020, Rittenhouse is also charged with two counts of recklessly endangering safety. One for the shooting at an unidentified man the defense has been referring to as, quote, jump kick man. Yeah, uh, so I'll refer to the part of that footage where he said the only person who was shot at was throwing things, kicking him, or pulling a gun on him. Well, jump kick man. Can I read that comic book series? One Punch Man and his new sidekick, Jump Kick Man? I'd watch that all day, every day. And another for shooting in the direction of Richie McGinnis, a journalist with the Daily Caller news website, when Rittenhouse shot Rosenbaum, a charge of possession of... A dangerous weapon by a minor was dismissed by Schroeder on Monday. Uh, after we get through this article, I will play you the Richard McGinnis testimony. It does not go in favor of the state at all. Lesser charge options. The jurors will also be able to consider lesser charges for several of the counts. For the charge relating to Huber's death, the jury will have the option of a second-degree intentional homicide charge with a first-degree reckless homicide charge. So there's okay. For Groschwitz-related charge, they will have the option for attempted second-degree intentional homicide. And for the charge related to McGinnis, they will have the option for second-degree recklessly endangering safety. 
were not guilty at all. But we'll, we'll get into why the Richard McGinnis one probably will not have any way to stand up at all. In each of the cases, the jury will have to decide whether Rittenhouse was acting in self-defense or whether he reasonably felt that he was in imminent danger of death or great bodily harm if he did not shoot the men. And whether Rittenhouse's own actions had provoked the men's actions against him. Possible sentences. If convicted of even a lesser charge, Rittenhouse faces prison time. Even the least serious charge among these being considered by the jury, second degree reckless endangering safety carries a potential sentence of up to five years in prison. This is just a baby, man. He just turned 18. A convicted first degree intentional homicide with which he is charged in the death of Huber has a mandatory sentence of a life under con- under the control of the Wisconsin Department of Corrections. The Kenosha-based criminal defense attorney Frank Praise said even if Rittenhouse is convicted only of the least serious charges, he would likely spend time in prison. Quote, These are serious felonies with serious consequences. Part Oh, is that not praise? Yeah, praise. Said of the lesser charges, saying, Any judge would likely sentence a defendant to prison on convictions. As the jury began deliberations Tuesday, a small group of protesters gathered outside the courthouse. Protests continued throughout the day, with both supporters and detractors of Rittenhouse gathered on the courthouse steps. And that is the end of this article. Again, this is from Kenosha News. And this article is titled Rittenhouse Jury Breaks for the Night to Recover, or sorry, Reconvene at 9 a.m. Wednesday by Deneen Smith. Now, with some excitement, we move on to the next article. But before we get into that article, we have to go now to a word from our sponsors. Join me at Donald Trump's House of Wings. You know our wings will make you happy. Trumpy, you know our wings will fill you up. Trump, if you want a place with all the chicken wings, yeah. Donald Trump's House of Wings. So yeah, go to the iOS or Android store today and download that, uh, Vinley Veiled Gambling Simulator for Children. Woohoo! Ray Chatter Legends! Woo! Alright, but seriously. So, one of the reasons why that last article I just read, I, I, I came off as weirdly not pre informed on, on what was going on in there. And that was on purpose. For two reasons. One, it was on purpose because YouTube didn't want me to know about what went on in today's trial with the closing arguments. And two, I wanted to be surprised by how things went. And I talked to some people about it, and they are like, yeah, you know, the jury got, got to go home, so they can go into day two. And I was like, oh no, so they got to leave? That's why I was surprised. Like, oh wait, so they actually were sequestered. Nice. That's because I've been following, like, Rakita Law, 
you know, uh, I did an, I did a, a, a shout out. Let's chat a while back where I just listed a bunch of like YouTube channels that I enjoy and and I was gonna I'm working on one right now for Rumble, but I need to get more channels that I actually would watch on Rumble. But I shout out Via Fry because he has a great podcast. Well, it's, it's like two YouTube shows. There's just Viva Fry and Robert Barnes. And then they have Sidebar, where they'll have on a guest. Uh, Robert Barnes is one of the few attorneys who can testify for the Supreme Court. Viva Fry is a Montreal litigator who's also ran for a... Uh, I don't remember what it was, but he ran for a political office in his area. <laughs> and, uh, and their coverage of this has been phenomenal. Same thing with Rakita Law. There's also... Uh, Simple Logic. They've been all covering it. And I've been going between their channels. As well as Steven Crowder. Steven Crowder's talked about it. And you got Tim Poole who's talked about it. On his 4 o'clock uploads every week. Destiny's talked about it. On and off. So has um, Six Hex and Hammer. But. Any channel that was doing the live stream. Pretty much got knocked off unless they were a mainstream media outlet. And I was very confused because I was rolling around looking for all these channels I would normally watch. You know, I'm at work, I can wear a headphone. Then listening to the Conrad House trial with the uh, Rakita Law covering the background. That's also one of the main reasons I've been so worried about talking about the story. I, I know it's the big thing, but A. It's so out of my wheelhouse, and B, there's a lot of people already covering it, so I'll be covering the aftermath and the fallout from whatever happens, because that's kind of where my specialties lie. And there's also the inherent chaos in human nature tends to interest me more than the system's gears and manipulation that leads up to the volatile conclusion and escalation of the social situation we find ourselves kind of trapped in that we call the culture war that we dwell in today. Did I just him and haw for no reason for... Yes, I did. Why do you ask myself a stupid question? We go now to PJ Media. YouTube cuts off the best real-time legal coverage of Rittenhouse trial and immediately regrets it. <laughs> Even right here, the thumbnail for this video is the Rakita Law stream. Here they have Uncivil Law, Viva Fry, Good Logic. Oh, it's Good Logic. Okay. Uh, legal Bites, Legal Mindset, Hogue Law, Nate the Lawyer, uh, Runkle, and ba Runkle of Bailey and Rakita Law himself. Me? Get right into it. Okay, and this article here is by Victoria Taft. So, article begins. Right after Assistant Dis District Attorney Thomas Binger, aka Little Binger, began his closing statements in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. YouTube cut off channels that were beating legacy media channels. Coincidence? The Rakita Law Channel, which features multiple lawyers doing real-time analysis of the trial, often beat the numbers of people watching the PBS stream. The PBS stream is one of the more reliable 
ones available on YouTube to YouTube users and was being used by several outlets. After getting cut off, Nick Rakita reminded YouTube that 10 lawyers considered it a breach of contract. And we're here from Rakita Media. We have today at Team YouTube is pushing down independent creators in favor of bogus copyright from media partners. YouTube consistently shows that creators who actually build their platform are disfavored to media. Hey YouTube, we have a contract and you're breaking it. Uh, Jack Basovic. YouTube just suspended Law Crime News stream of the Rittenhouse trial. Taking off channels featuring dozens of lawyers seemed like a bad business plan. Within a few minutes, the stream was put up after Rakita reminded the tech giant that the courtroom coverage was public property and therefore not under copyright. Another tweet here from Rakita Media. Hey, at Team YouTube, this is public hearing. This is not copyright. Get off your asses and support your small creators. For a few minutes there, it was a bedlam for those of us who like to view different streams to cover the trial, especially streams featuring lawyers who knew the facts of the case. YouTube knew very well how many tens of thousands of people were watching other than legacy media and cut them off. After after it cut off Rakita Law, the legal channels still had 60,000 plus people who came back to watch. Makes you wonder why YouTube cut them off, doesn't it? And this article is by Victoria Taft. Down here's a little, we'll just hear a little biography real quick. Victoria Taft is an award-winning journalist, writer, and terrestrial radio talk host. Ooh, that sounds cool. Heard in Seattle and one of the rest of the left coast. One of the rest of the left coast. Okay. Listen to her twice weekly, quote, Adult in the Rooms podcast. Oh, I've heard of that one. Okay, so Adult in the Room podcast. Find her at victoriataft.com, Parlor, MeWe, Minds Locals, Twitter, and Facebook. Her book, Mocking Antifa, will be out this year. For media inquiries, write Victoria at VictoriaTaft.com. Ooh, I gotta get this book. But that brings us to the end of this particular article. Now, for me, you know, I stream goes down, I pop in later on, I still can't find it. You know, I'm at work. It, you know, if I can't find something that I'm looking for immediately, I'm just gonna go watch something else. Sorry. But you know, you know how it is. At work, you only got so long. You can only wear one headphone at a time. So, you know, I can't find the Rikita Law stream. I'm trying to watch what's going on, and I can't find shit. There's no announcement, no nothing. It's just gone. I'm getting no notifications from any channels. I got unsubscribed from a bunch of the channels I just listed earlier. Like I had to resubscribe to all the Tim Pool ones, and I just subscribed to We Are Change really shitty. Uh, I've been on unsubscribe from a few other people, too. And it's been consistent. Now, 
I guess something I've said before is you have big tech like Facebook and Twitter and they're censoring people from the far left and the far right and they've been working their way in more and more and more and more and more right to the point where they get to people in the middle where like Dave Rubin is considered extreme and in many circles I've heard people who think Dave Rubin is gay milk toast politically boring individual is some extremist and hell no if I'm not mistaken he's actually like a former Young Turks or, or he was with a, another media outlet I can't remember I don't know which it was but now he's on like The Blaze or, or Daily Wire one of those shows and, and he's got or one of those platforms and he's got a YouTube channel but but people like these get kicked off Twitter you know and, and you get people on the left like not just like small peon people, but like decently big names in, in the left get kicked off of Twitter all the time, and a bunch of these other places. And the thing about that is, right? On one hand, you go, ha ha ha, it's just a social media. People get kicked off. Ha ha, I'm in Facebook jail here. You, you've heard it a million times. But these are the modern day public squares where people go to have discourse, and you can see who the town fool is and who the town wiseman is. You can see who, who's speaking and, and and rate what they had to say based on what they're saying. But we would much rather ban uncomfortable conversations from both directions online. And they're and right now, you know, we got rioters and we got protesters gathering. And by the way, after I'm done speaking, I'm still going to run some audio through here to give you some more context as to what's going on. But... You know, we, we have people showing up right now protesting in, in Portland, Seattle, and, and a bunch of other places throughout this country that have been burning for the last year and a half. They're still burning. There's still people being rioting. There's still rioting. There's still people being shot. There, there's still lawlessness in so much of this country right now. But you, you ban people from communicating on the online square, right? Where they're inside or their hands are busy texting. And, and they're getting their, their shitty, worthless opinions from whichever angle they're coming from posted online so people on a comment section can argue. No physical contact is being made outside of fingers touching screens or keyboards. But then you take that away. People will go out to the original public squares, which are outside political buildings which are in the hearts of cities, in the hearts of suburbs, and communities, and schools, and neighborhoods. And for better or worse, they're going to go there and speak. Sometimes it goes well. Loudoun County, right? Loudoun County is a huge reason why Youngkin won that. It's because people went out there to the school boards, made such a fuss that people had to talk about it. And more and more parents saw that they weren't alone, and more and more parents were shaken awake to what was going on inside these kids' schools, and, inside, and, and what their kids were being exposed to. And they made up such a fuss that they shook the political establishment in that area. A dude beat a, a, a long-serving Democrat, right? Like, like a three-term senator, like, like Senate Democrat in New Jersey, with like a $190 promotional video. He beat him. This Republican guy who, who ran as a Republican. And he was a, a, a semi-truck driver. Astounding. Alright. 
And that's when when people go into the old public square is a good thing. But right now, outside this courthouse, it's a horrible thing. What happened in Kenosha last year was an example of that, too. People will go out, and they will get their voices heard, one way or another. Not a lot of people are happy just sitting back and letting themselves be silenced. And you have to wonder what's going to happen. Right now, it's not so much like how Rittenhouse is on trial. Your right to self-defense is on trial. Your right and the Second Amendment are on trial right now. Kyle Rittenhouse is just the avatar that all these major law, like legal presidents setting motions are and, and momentum is, is trapped behind. Is the avatar of Kyle Rittenhouse. And it's unfortunate. This kid saw a community on fire with no one defending it. And he wanted to step out and do something to protect a community. He worked in this community. He lived like 25 minutes away. And there's so much misinformation being published about this. And then you you had the fucking prosecutor point a gun with his finger on the... He had the AR, right? He, he pointed it at the jury with his fingers on the trigger. Like, suddenly and sharply, like, just jerked that bitch up and pointed it at, at, at the jury. Babylon B wrote a hilarious article about it. <sighs> and with all these people shown to Kenosha, BLM leaders threatening riots, politicians calling Calvert and House a white supremacist, and I'm surprised Maxine Waters has, has kept her fucking mouth shut. She was the main person I was expecting to hear from. I was waiting for her to make an appearance somewhere, but she hasn't yet. But you have politicians getting involved. World leaders getting involved in this. And I'm not even kidding. People, like, like leaders in other countries have talked about this. Like, what the fuck? Why? It simply doesn't make any fucking sense. Then again, nothing really has. We're all so worked up over over some shit that could have been resolved a long time ago. And it used to be funny to talk about the culture war. The left and the right. The... The feminists, the SJWs, ha <laughs> ha, Antifa, ha <laughs> ha, Proud Boys, ha ha, blue-haired feminists, feminazis, ha, <laughs> cis male, like, like these culture war terms. It escalated so quickly to the point where there is an. I don't even think we're in a cult of war. People are still debating, like, are we? Is there going to be a civil war? Are we in a civil war? Or is it a cold one? No, we're in one. Cities all across this country are at war with one another. Communities are on fire. People are going out and fighting them. You have, like, different factions, like, different class of fighters, dude. You got Antifa, different groups of Antifa, too. And these different groups of Antifa work differently than the other groups. Like, you, like you have Portland, uh, Oregon. You, you have, like, like, the Seattle faction. Like, like they're all different. Right, and then you got the Boogaloo boys who are like anarchists who just work with fucking anybody, and 
And then you got the Proud Boys, and I don't even know if they're so relevant anymore, but for a while, they would just show up to try and put out fires and shit, and then they got wrapped up in just causing mayhem as well. You got BLM, and they're like the media fucking poster child to like justify what the left's doing. Like, like, like left activist groups. You have fra- you have factions. You have people moving out of cities to other states to make them redder or bluer. People from the left are moving to left states, and people from the right are moving to right states. Cities are co- are crumbling as their population flees. Inflation's through the roof, man. And then you have this trial right here. It's all a big fucking powder keg. And if it's not this trial, it's going to be something else down the road. I, I think tri- I think Calvert now should fully walk. On all charges. I think it should be completely scout free. It's never going to happen. I'll be wildly surprised if, if it does. But. Everything's here. The country's unhappy. Vulcanization's happening. When people are pulled. They talk about how Joe Biden is incompetent. But people from left and right have different. Wildly different ideas on what the American dream is. And, and, and what the approach to that is. Every poll shows that Americans are unhappy, the economy is crumbling, war with China looms around the corner, Americans are horrified, you have Antifa, left-wing and right-wing groups clashing with one another in the streets, and people are outside of a courthouse, getting ready to start burning and fighting and making Kenosha burn again. I don't know how much more this country can take. The people who haven't really followed what's going on with the Cal Rittenhouse case and the groups and the hive stirred up around it. To you, it probably just seems like uh, some semi-big deal case, something you could choose to ignore. And yeah, you could choose to ignore, but it is a massive cultural court case right now. This is the current case of the century right here. With that being said, later on today, we are, it seems like we can expect the final verdict to be handed down. Fingers crossed it's a fair verdict, but I guess we'll meet back here for an 8 a.m. Lo- upload to discuss it further. And, uh... I, I want to say I appreciate you guys being patient with my inconsistent scheduling. We keep having some technical difficulties on top of just me getting caught up in some personal life. And I will admit, uh, on Saturday I got caught up doing some, some birthday shit. And I didn't get an episode recorded for for Sunday, and I apologize for that. Anyway, uh, that being said, I've been your host James Madison, this has been Inside Four Walls. I'll talk to you guys later. He knows he can't go into this, and he's asking the questions. I asked the court to strongly admonish him, and the next time it happens, I'll be asking for a mistrial with prejudice. He's an experienced attorney, and he knows better. Mr. 
Finger? First of all, Your Honor, this was the subject of a motion. I'm well aware of that. And the court left the door open. This for me, not for you. My understanding of you your... should have come and asked for uh, for reconsideration. You did on the one motion, and in fact, I granted your motion for reconsideration. That was excuse not our me, motion. I, I, I um, not uh, excuse me. I, uh, I did. I granted. We did not move that to reconsider. That was their motion. I, I, we have I, not filed any me. motions to reconsider in this case. That was their motion for reconsideration, which I denied. But uh, I said I denied it or I indicated a bias towards denial is what I did. Held it open with a bias towards denial. Why would you think that that made it okay for you without any advance notice to bring this matter before the jury? You are already, you were, I, I was a, astonished when you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence. That's basic law, it's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea why you would do something like that. And it gives, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I so I don't know what you're up to. May I respond? Yes. We filed another acts motion on this exact issue because in my mind, and I argued this, it is identical to what was going on on the night of August 25th in the sense that the defendant was using this exact same weapon. He was using it in a manner to try and protect property. No, he wasn't. There's, Your Honor, I, with all due respect. I'm not going to rehash the motion. Yeah, that's absolutely untrue. It and is, there's, no, no, no. Your arguments of record, my comments are of record, and why I ruled as I did is of record. There's nothing that I heard in this trial to suggest that anything's changed, even if you're correct in your assumption that you know more than uh, I did at the time, uh, you should have come to the court and say, I want to go into this. Uh, why you would think that you could go into it without any advance notice to the court, I don't understand that. And as the uh, defense is pointing out, you're an experienced trial lawyer, and this should not have been gone into. Your Honor, there have been things in this case, testimony in this case, that I believe opens the door to this. For example, the defense has introduced evidence that the defendant pointed a gun at a man wearing yellow pants because that person was on a car on the car source lot. Now, there's no justification that I can think of why the defendant would point that gun at someone. The defendant has just testified this morning that he agreed with that person in the yellow pants that he pointed the gun at him. He said, I was joking when I said that to the guy in the yellow pants, but he said, He's acknowledged that he told the person in the yellow pants, yeah, you're right, I did point a gun at you when you were sitting on a car. He said, I did. That's what he Exactly. So he's agreeing. May I finish, please? I'd like to have a chance to make a record, if I could, without being interrupted, if that's okay. He has mentioned that he has, he's acknowledged that he's used this gun to protect property. He's also just acknowledged that he knows he can't do that. I am attempting to impeach him now with the prior August 10th incident, 15 days prior, involving the same gun, where he is threatening to use that gun to protect property. It he goes- the gun with him. Your Honor, he is what? saying he wished he did so he could shoot people. You know, there's a lot of difference between commenting about something when you haven't got a gun 
and threatening someone when you do. You know, it's interesting, Your Honor, because the entire defense theory in this case is Joseph Rosenbaum, who was unarmed. I want you to tell me what the defense theory of the case is. I want. May I, look, res may I respond look. to what you just said, Your Honor? I'd like to respond to what you Can just you said. Slow down, please. I, I apologize, Madam Court Reporter, but I'd like to try and make a record without anyone interrupting me, if that's okay. I believe that there is a central part of this case that Mr. Rosenbaum is making threats that he has no ability to carry out. So to your point, Your Honor, you're arguing that this August 10th incident, one, one aspect of why you don't believe it's relevant is the defendant didn't have the gun with him. The, this case is about someone who didn't have a weapon, and yet the jury is being told because of those threats, that means the defendant has to defend himself. So with all due respect, Your Honor, Mere verbal threats have already been shown to this jury and used as a basis for someone's subsequent actions. I am attempting with the defendant to use his mere verbal threat on August 10th, 15 days prior, that he's going to shoot shoplifters with his AR-15 to impeach the defendant in a murder trial. I would ask the court's forbearance to do that. I apologize, Your Honor. You're right. I probably should have brought this to your attention earlier. I may have misunderstood your ruling because I thought your ruling was if the evidence in this case made that more relevant, you would admit it or at least consider it an admittance. I believe, based on the evidence that we've heard and more specifically exactly what the defendant said earlier about admitting pointing a gun at someone who was merely jumping or sitting on a car, that the door is open now to this testimony. And I continue to believe that his state of mind, his intent, his belief as to self-defense is the core of this case. That was the basis for my motion. You were strongly inclined against it. I understand that. But now we're in the middle of trial, and there's been a lot of evidence that's come in that I think makes this relevant. So I'm attempting to impeach the defendant on his beliefs. I believe I'm entitled to impeach the defendant on his beliefs and on his statements. I'm going to interrupt you now because you're talking about his beliefs. I think that's what they call his statements to you. Because he just said, can't use deadly force, can't threaten to use deadly force to protect property. So now I'm impeaching him on that. Your Honor, what's, the, the court has seen no reason to change its ruling. And just so this record is clear, in spite of the lengthy statement by Mr. Binger, before we started today, the court specifically stated in Mr. Binger's presence, there's been nothing to have me change any of my rulings. There have been numerous occasions during this trial where they've opened the door. The one time when they're going into Mr. Rosenbaum's prior reason he doesn't like guns, and I said something, I whispered in Mr. Krause's ear, it's because of the prior convictions, please stop, and he did. He knows if you're gonna go into something that's been excluded in a pretrial order, you better ask the court, you better get permission. This is ridiculous. It, was, know, it wasn't excluded, Your Honor. You know why it was excluded in the first place? Because it's, it was propensity evidence. That is exactly what 90404 is designed to prevent. You're talking about his attitudes. His attitude is he wants to shoot people. Now, I've admitted that kind of evidence in other trials when it's been appropriate. I didn't admit it in this case because to me, what I've heard in this trial, and by the way, Mr. Richards absolutely correctly points out that just hours ago, 
I said I had heard nothing in this trial to change any of my rulings. So why? Testimony, Your Honor. Pardon me? That was before the defense testimony. Don't get brazen with me. Uh, uh, you knew very well. You know very well that an attorney can't go into these types of areas when the judge has already ruled without asking outside the presence of the jury to do so. So don't give me that. That's number one. Number two, this is propensity evidence. I said at the time that I made my ruling, and I'll repeat again now for you, I see no similarity between talking about wishing you had your AR gun, which you don't have, <coughs> so that you could take fire rounds at these uh, thought-to-be shoplifters, and the incidents in these cases, which are not there's nothing in your case that suggests the defendant was lying in wait to shoot at somebody or reflecting upon the shooting for a vast amount of time. Every one of the incidents involves uh, matters that involve seconds in time. So I don't, I commented at the time, I don't see the similarity and I don't see the similarity now. If it's not similar, that's, that's the whole rule. Those are all the exceptions to 90404. Check the authorities. Wigmore on evidence, Judge Weinstein, Colonel McCormick. It's the, the prior act has to bear the signature of the accused, or it has to be so similar as to suggest it's a common plan or something like that. You have an incident where he's making comments about some alleged shoplifters versus and crimes that involve instantaneous actions, whether premeditated murder or whether self-defense, that's for the jury to decide. But I don't see the similarity. I said it couldn't come in, and it isn't coming in, no matter what you think. Number two, I, I have to be concerned that with what Mr. Richards has said about the, the, the progress of the trial, and, and um, when, when you were way, well, I said you were over the line, in, uh, close to, or over the line on commenting on the defendant's pretrial silence, which is a well-known rule. I, 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 I'm astonished that that would have been an issue. So I don't want to have another issue as long as this case continues. Is that clear? It is. Thank you. I ask the jury to come back in, please.